got a big red cherry nose. Santa's got a big red cherry nose. Who laughs this way? Ho ho ho. Santa laughs this way. Ho ho ho. Ho ho ho. Cherry nose. Get on it. Sue that's red. Special night. Here that's right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the In Real Deep podcast. I'm your host, Steve Semino, senior writer at InRealDeep.com, and with me, as always, is executive editor Andrew Johnson. Hello, Andrew. Season's greetings again. Season's greetings number two. We're going to get a couple more season's greetings. The seasons will be greeted over and over again because it is holiday month on the In Real Deep podcast, and we are talking holiday movies. Mostly Christmas movies. I believe Christmas movies in their entirety, but we're still going to call it Holiday Month. And we, as such, have our special guests, our Christmas aficionado, our superstar, the MVP of December, Sam Johnson. <laughs> Hello, Sam. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to say Merry Christmas when it's so far from Christmas. But then again, um, who am I to tell you not to say that? So I It's draw. December now. Come on. <laughs> it's the December to remember. I agree. We're going to start saying Christmas again. Okay. Merry Christmas again. The War yeah. on Christmas, as Sam <laughs> dubbed this particular podcast series. Although this episode is not part of the War on Christmas series, but that it's getting way in the weeds there. Let's just We'll just call it Christmas month, holiday month, and go forward. Sam, how are you? How is your Christmas cheer going thus far? Uh, doing really good. I'm pretty jacked up uh, today. I, I just finished uh, my second run through of Christmas Chronicles. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So uh, really, uh, just brimming with the Christmas spirit. Uh, I also also uh, finished some some uh, cinnamon buns. They're in the oven right now. Ooh, hey, nice. We can all Ooh. get behind that. That's a win. So, I have a question, Sam. Do you have a, a a wristwatch or Apple Watch of some sort that helps you keep track of Christmas spirit, like Chris Kurt Russell <laughs> in the Christmas Chronicles? What what is our percentage rating for Christmas spirit so far? Uh, well, I, if it's personalized, mine is at a hundred percent and yours is at like 10, okay. uh, both you and Steve. <laughs> it's early. It's early. We'll get there. It's yeah. As long as we get up to 95 by the day, Kurt Russell seemed happy with 95. So that's what I just, shoot for. I, I just threw away leftover Turkey today. So like I've got, I feel like I, I got to build up to it a little, Sam. You gotta take it easy. on Okay. Us. I'll give you a few more basis points. Yeah. <laughs> as Sam noted, and as we are discussing, we are here to talk The Christmas Chronicles. If you haven't heard of this movie, you might be living under a rock, or not on the internet, or away from Netflix. <laughs> because it is definitely a sensation. As Andrew noted uh, before we came on mic, it's on everybody's Instagram story. It is a very, very hot topic, and we could not be more excited to discuss it. I don't know if it's a good topic, or but I, I think that's what we're here to debate, though. What, what sort of merit we're getting from... But I, I actually, you know, I, I should rephrase all that and say we got a new christmas movie and i think that is something worth celebrating because there are too few of those these days it, well uh, are there because i think netflix is like rolling a bunch out now. <laughs> <That's true>. I, <laughs> I think i think netflix is taking care of that problem for us that's true netflix i think they, we said there are too few christmas movies and now there are i just saw one this morning i was watching something with anna and my daughter and um there's some animated christmas movie on there that i hadn't seen yet so i think anna will probably be your resident expert on that one <laughs> if not yet then very soon yeah i mean this is one of our 
but I, I mean, this is a, basically the blockbuster of the season, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. the other ones are are secondary. I've I've watched uh, a, a a decent amount of them. I watched the uh, yeah, Princess Switch. That was pretty good. Um, that was another Netflix one, but that's all just happening in my free time. Um, but yeah, this is like <laughs> not a this professional is capacity. Time. You watch this. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and I would say it's a very classic sort of Christmas story in some ways, at least the setup of it, and that it has a big, big actor in it. So you know, it's two kids who are re- dealing with the death of a of, of their dad recently, and um, and then they go on the Christmas adventure to like save Santa, and Santa is played by Kurt Russell. Which is amazing, and we are going to get to There's all this and more in the very, very near future. But we are going to hop into our beverage of choice segment, or as Andrew wants to rename it, for which I think we are all on board. We're going to call it the "More Like Christmas Beer" segment. <laughs> Andrew, Just, you want to you want to talk about the inspiration behind that name change? Um, yeah, I would love to. <laughs> it's from this movie, The Christmas Chronicles, and amazingly, none of us have been paid any money to talk about this movie. Um, which we probably should have been, but, uh, yeah. So, um, there's a young girl and her like older teenage brother. And he says he's going out air quotes, caroling, which is really him going out to be a vagrant. And, um, (laughs) and, and he says he's going to spread some Christmas cheer and her comeback is more like Christmas beer, which doesn't make any sense really. No, (laughs) No, it's perfect for a a Christmas podcast where you drink beer during it, though. And this is the kind of thing like an 11-year-old girl would say to shut her little brother up. Yeah, that's true. Perhaps the most realistic part of the movie. (laughs) So my entry in the More Like Christmas Beer segment, I am enjoying what was an $8 beer purchase for one beer at Whole Foods, which is my cross to bear. It is called Santa's Secret. It's imported from Denmark. It is a double coffee brown ale brewed with cinnamon and cardamom, and it's pretty good. I don't think it's worth $8, but the can is very neatly designed. It says Santa all over it, and I felt like there was no better choice for this particular episode. Um, At the risk of sounding unintentionally dirty, there's going to be things happening in your mouth during this whole episode, (laughs) Steve. If if I pause or I'm not really getting into the the whole back and forth, it's because I'm just letting it savor over my buds. A double coffee brown ale with cardamom, and that's a lot to unpack. I wish you luck. There's a ton in here, but that's that's why $8, you better pack this with ingredients or else I'm not getting my money's worth. Suppose so. Uh, I am drinking a Dogfish Head Pennsylvania Tuxedo Pale Ale, um, which is brewed with Pennsylvania spruce tips, and it's very—it's a seasonal and it's very Christmassy, and it's also very strong, though not as strong as Bailey's like last time. <laughs> yeah, Bailey's—that was very strong uh, inaugural selection there, AJ. But uh, I like this one as well. I'm drinking. Uh, Flannel pajamas. Uh, it's a oatmeal stout. Uh, it's by Beguile again, uh, running for the second week. Uh, it's a fantastic little microbrewery here in Chicago. Is Beguile sending us a case of beer each yet? No. They will once the Christmas I mean, Chronicles episode. This is going to blow up so hard they're going to have no choice but to true. do it. So true. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, gentlemen, let's get into it. The Christmas Chronicles. My first note, and the one thing I could not stop thinking in this entire movie, is there, there's a shameless quality, I think. Though Netflix <laughs> is certainly without shame in a lot of ways, but a shameless quality in taking what essentially is 100% a Hallmark movie and then just putting Kurt Russell in there. Like, <laughs> yes. It just feels so weird to have like a, a cheap, dumb, stupid Christmas movie and then Kurt Russell just acting the shit out of everybody and just, you know being amazing and he it, it's great but it's also feels sort of like dirty and uncomfortable at the same time uh yeah i think the story of this movie is kurt russell being like uh, uh the cream rising to the top so to speak i well i i enjoyed the young the young girl i wrote down that she was very precocious and reminded me of like potentially my daughter in like eight years the character she played um but uh, yeah, I think that's the story of this movie. It's a it's a it's a Hallmark movie with a A list star, which um, I guess is is interesting. Yeah the the way that I sort of thought about it is that this movie is just written by an algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. And so it was like people like Hallmark movies, but people also sort of like Bad Santa. Yep. Um, can we make a kids version of Bad Santa and put Kurt Russell instead of uh, um, in the in the Santa role? I will say to lend credence to your point that it was written by an algorithm that I knew almost before they even showed the dad that there was a dead dad in the movie, and I didn't know anything about the movie. And then I was like, "Yep, the dad's dead." They killed like, the dad in the first. 90 seconds too they kill him yeah. by the you yeah. know storyline wise by the daughter saying miss you daddy and shutting the camera and then you're like oh i guess yeah. the dad's dead you know they get right to it yeah but i think that's like the most algorithmic hallmark movie thing you can do which is have a dead dad dead fire dead fireman dad did, who did either of you think that santa claus was going to at least attempt to have sex with the mom <laughs> no, I did not think that. Wow. <laughs> well, it wasn't clear. It wasn't clear how into the Santa Claus mythos this story was. It was not clear there was going to be a Mrs. Claus until the big reveal of Mrs. Claus, which we'll get to in a little bit. But Wait, I thought there Sam, was a non-zero Sam. chance that the mom would, you know, and Santa would have like a at least a tender, like flirty sort of moment. Sam, can you weigh in on the subject? Because I feel like this podcast just went way. Yeah, the that, sleigh just made a left turn here. <laughs> yeah, that was I. That was, no, I was. Oh God, is that Steve, offensive? Steven <laughs> Ponder. Um, I I wrote down as one of my notes that I thought it was refreshing that there wasn't a love story at all. Um, so, oh, I agree. No, I, I agree. I don't think that they should have necessarily hooked up or even had their little you know batting eyes moment. But I just really thought the mom was going to come back and catch Santa and he was going to give her a big wink, a big you know. Because I think one of the one of the selling points I've noticed from this movie or how people describe it is that Kurt Russell is a sexy sort of bangable Santa. Like, oh man, you would you would <laughs> want to have sex with Santa now because it's Kurt Russell. So Who described it that way? Everyone I talk to describes Kurt Russell as a dilf and describes Santa as bangable. I think that's an across the board <laughs> reaction. At least from the, from my sources that I've talked to. Wow. I don't know who you're talking to, Steve. <laughs> I mean it's a different question of like would she have gone for it <laughs> had she been presented with Santa? And that's probably a yes. But the I was I was in no way expecting there to be any love connection between Santa and the mom, who was pretty much a throwaway character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just I don't. Yeah, I don't. 
I mean, Kurt, don't get me wrong. Kurt Russell is obviously a DILF, but like, um, like I feel like whoever you're talking to is sexualizing Santa a lot. And I, I don't, I don't typically associate Santa with any hanky panky of any, any kind. I think that's why this movie <laughs> broke new ground in that regard though, because it sort of allowed you, I, th- I don't think they went into it thinking about wanting to bang Santa, but I think they were forced to confront that possibility. Once you see Kurt Russell strut in and looking pretty good. Uh Wow. <laughs> That's why they were never on screen together. They had to avoid it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Let's take a step back for a second and say, Sam, what are your thoughts on let's not let's take the sexuality out of it. What are your thoughts on a thin, <laughs> clever, handsome more Santa Claus as opposed to the traditional fat, you know, pretty jolly, pretty nondescript Santa? Uh, I I really liked the I, I really liked the take they took on it. I thought it was it was super cool. Um uh, you know, him sort of being very matter of fact, but still um, having the core Santa qualities that you expect um, was 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 a really good rendition, I think. What about his uh, pal? Like, so a big chunk of the movie <laughs> is sort of explaining what Santa Claus, not even explaining, but going, you know, Santa using his powers to do X, Y, Z. And, and we're not going to poke holes in the, the, the realness of all that because there's a lot of holes to poke, but... As I understand it, Santa's powers are he can pull toys out of thin air, and not even toys, but like cards and treats, and and he seems to have knowledge of everyone. But I'm not sure if that knowledge stops at a certain point. Like, is he does he understand everything you've ever done in your entire life, or does he know everything you've done up until a certain point when you were a child? I don't know because he it seems like at certain times he leans on you know remembrances of people when they were kids but then he also knows a lot about people's daily goings on that maybe he shouldn't know about i don't know if that it it seems like santa's powers are a little nebulous in my opinion i think if they took the like um omnipotent santa claus approach which i i I really appreciated and i thought it, it was sort of like all of the um all of the like the the toy the bag of toys and the way that the sleigh flies and everything is all it, it's sort of like Santa is not constrained by space or time, and so yeah. he can go into like he can basically just like stretch dimensions, which I think uh, matches up nicely with him knowing everything about everyone. Well, one thing that's interesting about him not knowing or not being constrained by space and time though, is that the movie strongly implies that he only delivers toys to hub cities. I don't know if you guys <laughs> noticed that, but he like, Mostly, went from, like it seems like America is his, is his to Chicago. Concern, yeah. And like, like, so I'm like, I, I don't know if you guys caught that, but I, I didn't get a lot. I, I think there was like implied in there was like Santa has flyover territory. Uh, well, Boise, Idaho, and when they're doing like the last rush, when uh, when Teddy's driving the sleigh, um, Boise, Idaho. Uh, so that was one. But, like but, Boise, Idaho is like the big metropolis in Idaho. Like, I, what about I, all the other people in Idaho? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I was a little bit disturbed by that. I was like, <laughs> you know. Everyone outside of Chicago, there's tons of people there. And if he's operating, it seems like he's operating by time zones too. Like I, I think the gist is that America is the, you know, or the West Coast, I suppose, is the last time zone. Which I don't know if that's factual. That might be factually accurate. I'm not sure how that's, exactly that works. Oh, uh, is that yeah. right? Are we the last think, time zone, like in the day? 
I think it is because, like, on New Year's, isn't Sydney's like the first or yeah. major city, think, right? Right. So that's and right. Then so it that's goes not necessarily top. racist or nationalist. That's just that's factual. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> but he only goes. But then he ignores South America. He goes to Mexico City, and South America is untouched. So do they not get presents? They're in a similar time zone to us. I don't really know how that is placed. Yeah, they are. <laughs> so he sort of ignores that. Maybe he already. <laughs> Maybe he already took care of South America. He like, might work maybe South he, North. That's uh, very possible. Yeah. <laughs> maybe not since Bolsonaro was president in Brazil. They can't <laughs> yeah. go there. I did like that this movie takes place in the future. Like, it takes place three weeks from now, which is very fun. I feel like most <laughs> movies don't specifically date themselves in that fashion. So I like that. I was like, oh, in the very not distant future, this happens. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I Well, I, I will say, like, I... I, I think the obvious touch point for this movie, like from other previous movies, is the Santa Claus. Like, in my opinion, uh, it, it has the most in common with that. But then I do think it's very interesting that, you know, Kurt Russell, like they spend a lot of time about him not saying ho, 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 and the like billboards adding like 80 pounds and all that stuff. So, um, I mean, I would personally rather watch Kurt Russell be Santa Claus than Tim Allen. Um, certainly at this point, but probably at any time <laughs> in history. Um, so I think it's interesting you brought that up. But yeah, I mean, this movie is all like it's all Kurt Russell, and then when Kurt Russell's not on screen, which he's not for quite a large portion of the movie, uh, it's a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a hilariously awful script. Um, although I will say, like. One of the things I appreciated was how many Christmas puns and, and intentional Chris, Christmas references they worked into the script. I thought that was amusing. Uh, but it's like a terrible script. The acting is horrible, other than Kurt Russell. Um, it's just kind of like it's it's hanging its Santa hat on Kurt Russell big time. <laughs> I thought it was impressive. There was there was like not impressive is the right word, but I thought it was interesting. There are a lot of darkish elements too like yes. this, the kid is, is stealing a car like that's not yes. a childhood prank that's a that's a felony like he will go to real prison if he's caught doing that and then they're gonna and then the, the you know the gang kidnaps teddy and sort of is gonna burn oh, the little girl in the fire and then the elves are gonna chainsaw teddy in the dick like there's <laughs> there are a lot of things that are happening that i guess are funny but are also very like they're a little much for for a younger audience and they're also a little silly for an older audience there's very those are very weird combo sometimes well that's kind of home alone-ish when you say like like uh, in some ways like uh, very dark violent things happening in like ostensibly a kid what's ostensibly a kid's movie um i did actually want to ask you sam about that that gangster scene where they like find him in the nice park with the bag with like the park with the gazebo, which I think is happens in Chicago. I'm like, I was wondering how many nice parks in Chicago you've been in where three hoodlums have roughed you up and no one has, <laughs> no one has come over to say anything or anything like that. Like how many gangsters have you run into like in like Lincoln park? Yeah, not so many, um, <laughs> but I, it, that, that was, I mean, all of this stuff, I, I, it was pretty. Uh, there was a lot. It's interesting that you guys are like drawing similarities to multiple films because that just makes it even more written by an algorithm. algorithm yeah. And like, I mean, they all these like very, uh, very timely references that will, I'm certain, age poorly. Oh like, God, when they say fake news, uh, I was like, Jesus yeah, Christ. Was, and, like, 
and he's like and he's like there's going to be so much crime and we're in chicago and he's basically like taking a dig at how much crime there is in chicago and all that stuff oh, yeah yeah that made me uncomfortable that was like a fox news talking point <laughs> i felt like yeah but uh I, for me that stuff doesn't detract at all from the movie it's fantastic i thought it was great you're right. You're so right about the algorithm part too. Like there are, it's like they checked off a bunch of boxes. Okay, we need five topical references. We need ten specific references to other Christmas movies. We need to, you know, we need a musical number. We need, you know, we need a big star. Like it definitely Netflix we has need that. CGI elves. Yeah, we need CGI elves. God, there was no need for that. Like I, I guess I sort of get why they did it. They had to fill a hundred minutes somehow, but. Those elves are real stupid. That does not seem necessary at all. I thought the elves were great. Uh, <laughs> I actually uh, like the elves too, Steve. I don't. I don't I like. Yes, I don't. I know. mean, it, it, they're so stupid. It just like, <laughs> it didn't hurt. It didn't hurt. It's, at that point, at that point, we were off the rails enough already that it's not like I was, you know, really nitpicking it too hard. But Sam, to give you, like, one, I was going to say to give you one more point of credence about. Uh, and the algorithm i literally wrote down in my notes it seems like kurt russell is playing a combination of snake plissken from escape from new york and his character from the hateful eight <laughs> i wrote <laughs> down that he was also like, algorithmic have you guys seen captain ron with kurt russell from like the early oh, 90s yeah, this, i feel like he was santa claus captain ron like i thought he was very captain ronnie well, which i was great that's what you were getting the he was trying to fuck uh Teddy's yes, wife. i think that might have been where i drew the comparison <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, that's oh. very astute. All right. I can't believe that there's been like 70 episodes of this podcast, and this is our first Captain Ron reference, Steve. But, <laughs> I know. Oh. I love Captain Ron. Shout out to my friend John Sapuentes, the person who showed me Captain Ron. It was Sam, I think we had that on VHS, did we not? Yeah, that was a gift I received on VHS probably in like 1997 or something very weird and inappropriate gift i think yeah that, that's one of those movies from the 90s that is definitely not for children but children all watched it the same <laughs> so i will say i will say my favorite parts of this movie at least from an acting perspective are when kurt russell and dave the cop are talking about his ex and yes, and you know t- and the questioning scene like i feel like there was they actually were really like that was the one moment where i think i felt kurt was really not that he wasn't doing a great job the whole time but there was a little drama there i thought that cop did a great job i thought dave the cop was one of my maybe my favorite big character like i feel like he really sold the the missing his wife and the powerful moment when he gets that call about having coffee like i thought that was a very beautiful moment i totally agree i thought the cops were uh Probably the third and fourth best actors. <laughs> uh, well, here's here's a question: Why was the new girl guy? Why was he in the movie for forty five seconds? He's he was maybe the second most well known. A- I don't know his name, unfortunately. He was in Game Night, but he's arguably the second most well known actor besides Mrs. Claus, which we'll, again we'll get to. And he's barely in the movie. Like, did he have a contract with Netflix where they had to put him in a movie and they gave him forty five seconds so he could get out of it? Like, I thought that was very odd. The algorithm said he should only be in there for forty seconds. <laughs> which guy? Which guy is that? It was the it was the cop who saw the 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 reindeer and was yelling about the it. other cop. The other cop. The cop who was barely stuff. in the movie. He was great, and he like after the uh, musical number, he's like he's like giving Dave the cop a bunch of shit, and I was like, I quit. I thought it was great. 
Like, but the algorithm is right. Who am I to question the algorithm, right? That's not my... Do that's not all question all the algorithm. <laughs> Your Netflix account will be taken away from you. <clears throat> uh, can we also note that they caught Kurt Russell as Santa Claus coming to their house at 10.30 p.m.? That is not very late. That's not when Santa Claus comes by. <laughs> I don't know why. That yeah. seemed unrealistic. Especially... I had I wrote a lot of notes about like how inefficient I thought a lot of the things Santa Claus did uh, in this movie were like also like is a naughty and li- nice list is is pure alphabetical is that really the best way to do it like I don't I don't know, I don't know. feels like not not the best way to do it now we're now we're pushing Sam's buttons though now we're, now Christmas yeah. spirit is dropping precipitously well. I can't believe we've gotten this far into this podcast episode, Steve, and not talked about the prominent E Street band member that was in this. Oh, in this, it's in my in notes. Movie. Little Stevie, <laughs> Little Stevie on the guitar almost redeems this entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was that's another that's a Netflix algorithm moment too because he's the star yeah. of Lilyhammer. They had to bring him that's in. Right. That's right. That's right. God, uh, Sam, you great. are on the nose with this. I'm I'm like nervous now. Wolfie, his name is Wolfie, right? His name is Wolfie yeah. in the movie. Yeah, I would wait. What's his name in uh in, in Sopranos? Uh, he's Silvio in Sopranos. Silvio. I almost called him Polly Walnuts, but I know that's not no, him. No, um, Rico is Polly Walnuts. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I know. It's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Stephen Van Zant, uh, as he, as he, as the, as his wife calls him, I assume, <laughs> yeah, if he had, or his wife. parents or something, you know, <laughs> loved ones. His yeah. wife is in the movie. Is she really? Is she one of the? Is she one of the backup singers? Yeah, she's the one with the like tambourine or the sleigh bells. That or makes sense. I should have recognized her. Oh, she was his wife on Sopranos too. Yep. Wow. Oh, I can't believe I missed that. Good job, Sam. That was a so, great scene too. Kurt Russell's voice is fantastic. That that little out of nowhere musical interlude. I really enjoyed that as well. <laughs> but the musical number is more proof of the algorithm, though. It I is. Very prescient, uh, important point. About, like, because it doesn't make any sense within the context of the rest of the film. That convinces like, everyone that he's Santa Claus. I mean, I guess he does pull a lot of instruments out of thin air, but there were other things he could have pulled out of thin air that would have ultimately probably convinced them as well. Well, I think it was him trying to stop the uh, rapid depletion of Christmas spirit in the small way that he could while he was oh, waiting. Oh, okay. That's fair. But, um, <laughs> buy that. Yeah. The that was not just one scene; it was two scenes. That's true. That's true. Yeah, it was. It was, it was like, multiple scenes. Back to the elf, uh, like murdering people scene. <laughs> <laughs> the musical. The musical number was still going on. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. You're right. It's really incredible. Really good. <laughs> really good. I mean, I would just, I mean, uh, overall set assessment wise, I would say that this movie is objectively bad, but yet because of perhaps because of the algorithm, it's like a, I don't know. It's like a salt lick for deers. Like I would, I would watch this movie next year, a hundred percent for Christmas, even though it's terrible. It's, it's not a good movie, but it's, it is, it, and I hate this, this phrase, like the so bad it's good because i think most movies that are people say are so bad it's good are just bad um but i actually think this is a movie that's so bad it's good that's that's what i would say overall assessment wise and perhaps because the algorithm is perfectly tuned to to um give me the hits of dopamine i need to (laughs) tolerate this film i'll say that i watched (laughs) this on thanksgiving when it came out 
Um, but after copious amounts of wine, so I went back and watched it again because I wanted to make sure that I had notes and was ready to go to talk about it. And it took me two sittings, so I didn't really enjoy the second viewing. But I would agree that it also wasn't awful either. It wasn't... It didn't crush me to do it. I wasn't disgusted. I wasn't so bored that I was. I was pretty actively paying attention. And if not laughing at parts, then sort of registering disgust, but in a productive sort of comical way, you know? Like, oh, that was stupid. But you can't doubt that I was paying attention. If one of Netflix's goals is to get a reaction out of people, this is very, very well designed to do that. Because you're either going to love it like Sam, or you're going to make fun of it. And, you know, poke holes, and that, they're probably fine with that if you're watching it and you're subscribing. They could care less which one you're doing. Yeah, I think that's probably true from Netflix perspective. I would say that, like, so I think Teddy almost ruined this movie for me. Agree. I totally agree. He's the worst <laughs> part of the movie. Cause but, it, yeah, because he's also a car thief and well, he's, he's shitty he's, to his sister. He's awful. You he don't was, like your dad doesn't die and then you become a felony, a felon, a, a felon. You like, like I don't like that doesn't happen. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, and I, I, you know, even his progression throughout the movie is like very weak. Like, yeah, I, like even after so, like after um, they escape from the cops, right uh, on, on the reindeer, like he basically has his like breakdown catharsis moment with his sister with the knife and in front of the church and all that stuff. And basically he's like, I just missed my dad and that's why I'm a criminal now. But then he like, <laughs> for, no, for no reason, just like won't hug it out with his sister. And the reason the, like there is a reason and it's just to basically have that be like the way to wrap it up. And it, that whole, like, it's like, you made it's like they were just being so transparent about oh he's made like you know 50 percent progress but he's not all the way there yet um and so he, he was a problematic character for me i, I think it's tough too when you're when when kurt russell is you know the the older guiding influence who is training so not not a replacement exactly at all but you know imparting wisdom on someone and helping him or her grow to to be worthy of that sort of adoration and, and attention, then the fact that it's A, not a great actor, and B, a poorly written shitty character, I feel like it's very hard to get behind Teddy and be like, oh, I hope Teddy... Like, like Sam, if you even do not wish that Te or was not rooting for Teddy to find his Christmas spirit, that means that that's the one thing the algorithm fucked up is because that should be easy pickings. And there's been, you know, but he was, he, I thought he was a limp, lame, just boring dude. And I could not have cared less whether he found his spirit or not. You know why, Steve? Why is maybe, that? maybe because an algorithm can't really fill you with Christmas spirit. Mm. Think about it that way. <laughs> Okay, so stepping outside of the algorithm for a moment, <laughs> the, the where this movie redeems itself and why I think it is, um, I'm not going to put it in like the classic category, but um, it's it's watchable on a year over year basis. Um, is I think it's predicated on something that's pretty cool, which is that basically this family is just a family of risk risk takers, right? Like. <laughs> The dad hides in a burning building. Like Kate is like she climbs up on the light pole and jumps into Santa's sleigh and starts the whole thing. And that's like it, it's like a consistent theme. 
But then I think the most important thing, and, and I think the thing that actually differentiates it is the message. And the, the message of, of the movie as I, uh, and I want to hear your, you guys' thoughts, but as I understand it, is that Christmas is a time that reminds you that you can be a better person. <clears throat> yeah, I think Kurt Russell literally says that at one point, <laughs> doesn't he? I mean, I no, I'm not even joking. I think he literally no, says that I know, in, but in I... the in the restaurant scene. Um, I think that's that's the yeah, which is a good lesson. He says it's Christmas good... Eve is also yeah. always the best night of my life, which I feel like Sam should get tattooed on some part of his body. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care yeah, yeah. where, just somewhere yeah. important. Yeah, it's a good it's a good lesson. It's too bad Teddy almost basically ruins it. But yeah, he, he almost ruins it. Kurt Russell has to drag him drag him to the finish line. Yes. Um, but but he gets it. Uh, and I I do think that message, even if it's explicitly stated, uh, is a new. It's like a new thing, right? So maybe that was the seed of the algorithm. But uh, I think it's a good. I think it's a good starting point. I mean, I don't know if it's a new thing, but I, I think it's a good, it's not a common, well, I, I don't know. I mean, like, isn't that, isn't that what you just said, the lesson of the Grinch and the Christmas Carol, which we're going to get to on this podcast anyway, which is the, the, the spirit of the season, literally lifting people to be better than what they are. Yeah. I feel like that might be a common sort of thread. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think that might be part of the algorithm, Sam. I think that's why. I mean, I, I, yeah, I would disagree just in the sense that <clears throat> I liked it. It, it. The parts that I liked or the elements that I thought were good were because they were easy to digest and nothing new, you know? I feel like the only thing that was new was getting a Kurt Russell type to to really <laughs> elevate the material a little bit. But beyond that, I thought it was pretty standard fare, which is not bad. Like, I... Like uh, I don't know. Like it was. It had. It had. It tried a little bit here and there, and parts it didn't try at all. And ultimately, it was just you know easy. It went down easy and smooth, and was good background noise, which is for a Netflix movie is is ninety percent of them that I've seen so far is pretty much par for the course. I well, I do think that the Kurt Russell thing can't be shouldn't be understated. Like for him to like the actors in relatively recent memory that have played Santa Claus are basically like, or of note, right. Are like Tim Allen, who is like Tim Allen. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the other one I think of is Billy Bob Thornton. So like, not that I'm calling it like, I'm, I'm not kind of call him sexy Santa. Like you want me to Steve, but I'm begging um, for you to do it. Please do it. But I, he's like an, uh, he is like an upscale Santa from those two guys. Right. Like, like, like Tim Allen is like, I don't know how to describe it other than just saying he's Tim Allen. Like Billy Bob Thornton's bad Santa is like a complete scoundrel, uh, and all. I mean, he's not the real Santa either. But uh, but this is like a this is like an upscale. This is like who you want Santa to be, and in some ways, right? Like cool and confident and on top yeah. of his game. And yeah, I agree with all yeah. Of that. Yeah. yeah. And I but I think it's new to have Santa be yeah as cool and confident as Kurt Russell is, as opposed to like being a a jolly old different. Yeah, I like that. 
I would agree. And I think we're also burying the lead a little bit here because I think the part that at least the first time I watched it with a crowd that everyone, you know, stood up and cheered and loved is the reveal of who Mrs. Claus is. Because I remember oh, in at yeah. my Thanksgiving viewing, we were watching the movie and we, like I said, we had lots of wine and everyone came to a consensus agreement that if it was not going to be Goldie Hawn, we were going to be furious. Like we were going <laughs> to throw things at the screen. We were like, they're holding back on Mrs. Claus. There must be a Mrs. Claus. And there's no way Kurt didn't ask Goldie to come in for a day and do Mrs. Claus. And then when she pulls back her little hood and it's, or, and it's Goldie Hawn, we all cheered so loud and it was very, very <laughs> exciting. And that's great. Wish. And that's what yeah. you remember. That's exactly like yeah. I think my takeaway from this movie. If we if we were not to talk about it in such detail like we are right now, I'd remember eh, it was fine and it was great when Goldie Hawn came at the end and gave Kurt a big kiss. And I like when Kurt sang. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's good. Like I think it's it's a, I like. Okay, Sam, you're gonna get mad at me for saying this, but I think a lot of Christmas movies are not very good. And like, <laughs> I think this one is. Uh, it it has a lot of good elements. Like it's it's not very good. So like, no, I wouldn't call it. A, I agree. I wouldn't call it a classic. But I think it's like, for what it is, it's like it's pretty good. Like I again, I would would I will I sit down and watch it for like I did and take notes for an hour and forty five minutes next year? No. Would I throw it on while like Amanda and I are wrapping presents next year? A hundred percent. I might throw it on in the next few weeks again. I don't know. <laughs> It could happen, which I think is a. I think that's a good. That's a good Christmas movie. Yeah, that's a check mark next to his name for me. Sam, will yeah. you add this to your rotation? Will you watch this next year? Uh, yeah, definitely. I can't, but I can't. I literally like. I can't consume enough Christmas content. There is enough <laughs> content out there. So you do. So you love what Netflix is doing right now, just pumping stuff out. That's just so in your alley. Yeah, I was thinking. Um, why don't they have just Christmas series? <laughs> like all year round? No, well, I mean, obviously they would be available all year round, but <laughs> for, for for me to watch. Um, but Sam, please come I'll, to LA well, and we can go to Netflix and we can pitch. I want you to pitch it just like that. Like, why don't you just make a series about Christmas? I feel like they would say, we love it, and they'd get up and start applauding. <laughs> I'm a guy. Rich. I'm a guy who loves Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Just say that. I'm just speaking from the heart as a oh. guy. Christmas, you need to make series. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. Well, I mean, they do call this the Christmas Chronicles, which implies that there could be more. I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. Mm. That would mean be. Chronic. It's not Christmas Chronicle. It's Chronicles. Yeah, that's true. Well, what I'm really responding to, though, is that when my wife on a Tuesday is tired at like nine 30. I want to be able to like pop on a 30 minute app of oh, just, yeah, yeah. just, just like give me the shot of Christmas. Do you want like an <laughs> anthology series, Sam, like a series of stories, or do you want like one big overarching story that somehow is about Christmas? He wants the ballad of Buster Scruggs, but for <laughs> yeah. Christmas, you want the Coen brothers to make a Christmas <laughs> anthology. Is yeah. that what you want? Yeah. I think I think that would uh, yeah that would be really good actually. <laughs> I'm thinking about that. 
<laughs> well, maybe your dreams will come true because if our prognostications <laughs> and analysis is correct, this is a very widely consumed movie. So I can't imagine they're not thinking about making more. And if if you keep watching, Sam, if you have, you're you personally are up in those numbers on these Christmas movies. So you know, I, I imagine that they're they're watching their counters click up and they're they're seeing dollar signs. So if the algorithm deems it so, yes, the algorithm is key. Well, there you have it, everyone. The Christmas Chronicles on Netflix from now until the end of time or when <laughs> Netflix goes away, which I feel like those two things will be congruous. So yep. just, you know, just keep popping in. You all have Netflix. And I think we all three can agree, despite our differing opinions here and there, it's worth watching, especially at this time of the year. Like, I, I don't know if we're going to all come to that agreement very often on the next couple movies. But for this one, especially given its ease of viewing, Go give it a shot. Why not? You don't have much to lose. So go check that out and come back and reload those feeds all throughout December because we will be back on the NRL Deep podcast talking about Christmas movies. The next episode is going to be a big one. It is going to be three, count them, three Grinch movies in one episode. <laughs> I am shuddering to think how we're going to do this and how I'm going to watch all of them. How many? So, Sam, have you watched all three of the Grinch movies already? I've been holding off on the Jim Carrey one. Okay, but and Andrew, you've seen the, everyone the same I, thing? I, I, I'm in the same boat, yeah. I, I haven't watched the Jim Carrey one. I've watched the other two. Okay, I'm going to start I, with... Anna, Anna watched The Grinch again this morning, so I'm good. And we also have a... Uh, Steve, maybe this should be the picture on the website. Um, uh, my wife did a door drawing at work, a painting with the Grinch stealing the Christmas tree. And... Uh, and Anna loves the Grinch so much that she, my daughter, that she has me act out the part where um, she's Cindy Lou Who and I'm the Grinch. <laughs> Cindy Lou Who comes in. She goes, why, Sandy Claus? Why? Why do you steal our Christmas tree? It's, a, it's adorable. Yeah. Oh, my God. If Sam didn't love Anna with all his heart already, I feel like it's a whole new level now of uncle, of uncle niece love. <laughs> yeah, that's that. Oh my god! I'm not excited to watch the Jim Carrey Grinch, but I'm excited about to talk about the Grinch. I'm going to start. I'm going to start with that one, just because why not get the worst one out of the way first and just and just enjoy everything after that. So I'm I'm that's my thought process so far. But regardless of what order we watch them in, we will be presenting them in a triple packed episode coming out next Monday. So please get ready for that one. And afterwards, the schedule lines up. We've decided next will be Elf on the 17th. Love Actually again on December 21st. That's a Friday. And then Muppet Christmas Carol on Monday, December 24th. That's Christmas Eve. That'll be Muppet Christmas Carol. That should be a very fun one. And those are all of our episodes. We are going to come nonstop at you throughout December. So please listen. Please enjoy. We will be enjoying to varying levels, but we will be there and we will be talking Christmas nonstop. So, Andrew, thanks for coming on. Sure. Sam, always a pleasure. Good luck with all the other movies you're going to consume in your personal time away from the podcast. Thanks. I'm so excited for December. <laughs> and we hope you are excited for December as well. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll be seeing you further on up the road. Adios. Ooh, the soon will come my way. Santa very soon will come my way.